Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, episode 54, Gamification. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. And this is all you, Sandy. You chose this topic. I have a lot of strong feelings about it, as do you. And we get asked about it from time to time since we have Mm -hmm. built a software company or two. So let's go ahead and dive in. What is gamification and why are we talking about it on today's podcast? Sure. You know, one of the definitions I found to gamification is that uh, it is taking something that already exists. So whether that's perhaps your website, an app, a software tool, um, and adding some kind of game mechanics to it. Uh, and that those game mechanics are there to motivate you to participate, to keep you playing, to keep you going. And that's the issue that you don't agree with. I would like to substitute the phrase game mechanics. I, I would like to switch that out for like, <laughs> psychological manipulation. I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's, so it's using tools of psychology in technology products to manipulate the way that we behave. And I, I mean, to a certain extent, every technology product has some of this built into it. And that's why we get a dopamine response when we participate in technology. But there are uh There are dangerous ways of using this, I guess. Like psychology, when you understand the underpinnings of what triggers someone to behave a certain way and you build that into a tool that they're using, it can also create really negative effects and it needs to be used in my mind very responsibly. So that's that's my concern. Sure, And, and let's just give some examples of what we're talking about. So this is like unlocking a superpower. This is getting up, you know, leveling up. This is getting a reward or a badge of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it with reference to our own technology application, Namastream, but I but I wanted to talk about this and, and my negativity towards it has to do with a lot of traditional gaming tools and sites like Twitch. I, I don't know how many of you read this article in the New Yorker about a month ago, but there was a whole article about kind of like the social impact of Twitch and what it, the impact it's having an, on an entire generation of people and of users, particularly young men, and just like the actual health impact to people. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, Twitch is, it's a video broadcasting tool that allows you to watch other people play video games. I mean, that's the simplest way to describe it. As someone who's never actually used the tool and only studied it from afar, <laughs> I'm sure I'm messing this up to some degree. But basically, it's a way to watch other people play video games. And those people who are playing video games, like their face is shown on the screen, and then you, the viewer can also see the gaming screen. And then there's a chat room, right? And so what happens is people pay a monthly membership fee to be able to access somebody's channel on Twitch. And it's like $5 a month or whatever they charge. I don't know. People can change their fees as far as I understand. And then what happens, though, is that those gamers get rewarded 
by being always constantly online, like 12, 18 hours a day playing games. And um, and so like there have been all these reported health impacts to people from sitting there playing video games all the time in order to make a living. I mean, it's just kind of atrocious. Some of these people have an entire team of staff to manage them playing a video game all day and like dealing with the chat rooms and moderating comments and I found the whole entire thing just really distasteful. <laughs> I found it's like the, the troubling part of technology to me symbolized in a single experience. Yeah, I mean, that sounds horrible. It is I mean, horrible. And it's hard to understand when, when we're not video gamers. I don't understand the industry. My son does some gaming, but I just, I personally can't, I can't stand, I can't stand it. I don't like the way I feel. The few times I've played a video game, I hated it. So, you know, yeah, that sounds awful. And that is manipulation, right? And that's that's not what we want to do with our technology. And so there's many, many, many examples of manipulation by um, the powers that be that run these big companies who want to keep our attention, who want to encourage us to do these behaviors that you and I may not um, find, you know, they're not good for the person they're not good for the world like I just you know a a great example is um Candy Crush or uh uh, Farmville like those like to me and you know it was entertainment for people to me it just made my heart sink that there's that that's how someone would choose to spend their their hours in their day and it made me sad for society that that existed and that there were people millions of people playing these these um in my opinion really dumb games but so I don't really understand that but I think Jenny what what makes me excited about this topic and I don't this is this is going beyond the definition of gamification just simply adding badges or levels to something it's the idea of if you have something that you think needs to come into this world that people want that will improve lives that will improve society will make some kind of change in this world for good that you want to apply smart design to that product so that whoever you the intended users are your clients are that they are able to um use it successfully and that the the change or the habit or the whatever you know solution they get out of or the the positive impact that 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 app has i want people to 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 bring into the design the human psychology and we cannot deny that we are animals and we are hardwired in a certain way and so the better that we understand um how we operate i think it it's a smart thing to do if you if you have something to to bring to market well yeah and i think whether you know you're doing it or not every single application designer or creator of anything on the internet is participating in this it's just are you aware or not of how much godlike power you have other over other people and and i i think that the danger is that because of the way the human brain responds to technology every single person who is creating in any way a product based with technology has an incredible amount of power over other people who are who end up using that tool or participating in with it in some way i mean i will just say you know you know the way both of us are talking i think we're a little bit judgmental about certain Mm -hmm. certain kinds of behavior right so that's like we acknowledge that we both have strong views on this topic. And I I think that, you know, we've talked about some of these dangers in a previous podcast episode on, I think it's our analog episode. 
Yeah, or humanities. Or maybe humanity. I mean, there are real dangers that technology technologies pose beyond just psychological manipulation too. Like there are other <laughs> physical, physical dangers even present for, for hardware devices and other things. But I think what we wanted to do in this episode, because we get asked about gamification and the extent to which we've built it into our own platform, we wanted, we, we've spent a lot of time, especially you, Sandy, I know this is a topic of interest to you, exploring how to do that responsibly. And we've made some key decisions about it. And so let's just talk a little bit about our own process of adding some of these psychological triggers into our tool. I'll start, like the first thing that we did, when, when a new teacher or studio creates an account on our software platform, there's a checklist. Like their their dashboard, their initial dashboard is a checklist of like decorate your site and like upload your logo and upload your first piece of content. And it's worded mm-hmm. better than that. But I mean, that's essentially gamification, right? We're showing right. them like you've accomplished 25% of your initial, you know, project and 50% and 75%. And that is that is a way of of giving people some sort of reward psychologically for yeah. participating. So I am going to reference throughout this podcast the work of Nir Eyal, and he's um, he re- is the author of Hooked and uh, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, which I think is a terrible subtitle. But um, and so a lot of what I'm going to say is is really focused on his work because I've read so much of his stuff, and I think it's fascinating. I even did a creative live class of his, and um, so I think what you're saying, Jenny, what There's four different processes, and let me just break those down as we go through our app, and then I can give you examples of other things like Instagram and Facebook and why those are so addictive to us. It's kind of funny that we can be so judgmental on someone who plays Candy Crush, but, you know, you and I are still on social media and, 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 and looking and watching Instagram and so on for the same reasons that, you know, the game, the gamification, um, the same reasons that a, a gamer is on all the time. It's the same reason we're checking Insta and Facebook. So, so when we talk about triggers, um, there are internal and external triggers. There has to be something that makes you go to that app or that product or that website or that software or whatever it is. And so, Nir Eyal will tell you that the internal triggers are far more powerful than external. So if someone says, Sandy, go do this, I'm much less likely to do it than if internally I feel I really want something or I have, you know, I keep using this phrase, an itch to scratch. I'm worried about something and if I go use your app, it's going to stop my worry. Or in our case, I want to build a business online and I don't know how to do that. They find Namastream. So we've just like the trigger is that they want to do this big, huge, complicated thing online. And we've got a solution for them to do that. And then the action that you're talking about, once they get into their Namastream site, the next action should be very, very, very simple, really simple. Like it can't be a super complicated thing, has to be simple. And so that's why we built that little mini checklist in is like, go customize your site. And it's fun and it's easy. And they instantly get a reward of looking like, oh my God, look, I have this beautiful Namastream site that has my name and my picture and my words, and it's starting to feel like mine. So the reward is that they've just mastered something. They have just done something um, for themselves and it feels really good to see that. Mm-hmm. So that's why we built those simple actions in to be very clear, you know, and as soon as they get that reward, and they've now invested into this app because they've put the, uh, they've added something to our app. So they've just invested themselves into this app. And now 
the cycle starts again because the trigger is going to happen. Oh my God, look at this. I want to do this more. I want to get this out into the world. And so they're going to take the next action and then they're going to get another reward. And then they're, you know, now they've invested something else and it just keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here is what I want to share with the world about this. I think you and I are both triggered or we get a sense of reward from having accomplished something meaningful. And so what Mm -hmm. we've tried to do is build in triggers that actually reflect meaningful accomplishment. Like to me, getting a badge or a star or, you know, like because I up upped a level in a game, like that doesn't mean anything to me. I remember when I was in college and I got into Phi Beta Kappa, like the whatever top whatever percent honor society like my friends who got that like I remember it being a big deal and I'm like I don't care I don't care about golden key and five beta like I don't care about any of these things like I am proud of my life I'm proud of the work that I did I guess that got me that badge or medal or sash or whatever I had a grudge I don't even know I don't crown care. I, don't, I don't keep Tira. any of it I don't care like I care more about the fact that like in my Ivy League education, I met one of my best friends and we created something that led anyway, led to a political outcome in the world. Like that's what I, you know, like I don't, I don't care about the other stuff. And so I guess for me, when building this application and building this company, the extent to which I understand these psychological triggers, I want to make sure that responsibly we're building in triggers and rewards that reflect real accomplishment. So you get a real accomplishment, a real dopamine hit when you upload a new video and you like, because now it's something you can use, you can sell, you can offer as a free opt-in, like rather than having artificial rewards in my mind, like rewards that give you that, that dopamine response, but without an actual real life benefit. I, I, I want to make sure that the, the rewards and the triggers and the gamification that we build into our tool is reflective of creating something tactile and meaningful in the world. I want to tell you, Jenny, the three different types of rewards that Nir uh, describes. So the first thing, like we as humans are social creatures. We have worked together for thousands of years. So the first reward he describes is, is the tribe. And so we are so adapted to seeking rewards that make us feel accepted and part of something bigger and attractive, important and smart and included. So social media works so well because someone likes my Instagram photo that I just put up and I feel, oh my God, I feel important and I'm part of something bigger and I'm part of the tribe because someone just saw my work and and commented on it. So that tribal validation, all those likes is really important to us on a very evolutionary level. The second one is the hunt. And, um, we, again, have uh, evolved as, as a species hunting and foraging. We have to used to have to hunt for our animals. We have to hunt for berries and root vegetables to, for our survival. And that's still how we are wired. And so we still have this huge accomplishment and reward system when we find something. And it can be as simple as looking through a rack at winners. I have no fi- idea what or, you're talking or, about. Or Jenny, Canadian like, word just go out to- your mouth. <laughs> What is that? Oh, what? Winners? Oh, my God. I never even thought of that. It's like a, it's a store that has like buys all ends extras. See? It's like an outlet store. Nobody basically. else is going to know what you're talking All right, about. So, Canadians. so 
Okay. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, the Canadians will. But you guys must like and a say we'll just say outlet stores so that there's all this mix match of mix um and a match of stuff that you have to like search for. Oh, yeah. And that then is or the thrift store in Portland <laughs> and you're looking, you're looking, and you're looking and you're looking, and then you find the best denim jacket with a US flag sewn on it and it's like score. And that is a reward. And that's based on our humans need and you know, that's how we've devolved is like this yes i've just found this perfect thing i'm just i'm going to survive because i found these berries i'm going to look so awesome because i found this jacket so that's hunting that's how i feel when i find a coupon code on the internet right for something i'm planning to right buy. so that is you know appealing to your most basic primal instinct and then there's the self there's just a sense of like i am smart i did accomplish something i leveled up it's it's a sense of competency Okay, so you think I'm motivated by the third one. Right. Yeah. And you have to remember that what we're talking about are products that you use over and over again, right? If, the, if you're building a sweater, if you're selling sweaters, this doesn't apply to you because you can't, you know, it doesn't work. It's for products that are used over and over again. And so um, I just think those are really interesting to keep in the back of the mind so that when, when someone uploads a video and creates a product and gets their pricing and it works, they're like, yes, I just... I just created a product. I want to create another one, you know? So that's that's what you're saying is that, but yeah, and that has meaning, right? That has meaning. Well, because you can go sell that and that can earn dollars or yen or right. euros that you can then go buy food for your family with. Like to me, like I don't want to part, I guess, I'm, I know I participate in the rest of mm -hmm. this, right? In, in life, like in our world, in our modern world. But to me, I think that for those of us who have, access to creating technology products. We should be focusing on building in triggers that actually manifest into real rewards in life so that pe we're not taking up like the precious human bandwidth of people and, and not giving them something meaningful at the end of it. Like I would feel very disappointed in myself if I created an app that all that it did was give people two hours of being addicted to playing a video game like I just would and I I understand other people don't and that brings joy to certain people um, and I like I understand gamers get a lot of joy out of it but when you start manipulating people into spending more time than maybe they intended on playing your game like I'm all about having a game like I, I play <laughs> board games I'm old school with my games right but if my game triggered me to stay playing uh -huh. it 18 hours a day mm -hmm. and I couldn't easily control that I would feel like there was something wrong there and that's what happens with video games and that's what happens with a lot of technology products right it's not just it's not that you want to participate in the product or you want to get people to use the product like that's not the problem the problem is keeping them in there for longer than they intended to be in there what what is the opportunity cost of that <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. The intent behind it, of course, like I am assuming that if you are looking at building, if you're listening to us and you want to build an online product or an online business or an online new software tool, that your intent is good. Your intent is not to be, in, in Nir Ayal's words, the dealer of, of, of this, like a, 
you know, stealing someone's intention, stealing someone's life, in, in my opinion. Your intent is to build something that people need. And so you want to help them use the product so that they get the intended outcome. Yeah, and I will say from my own experience and, and our experiences in the startup world and knowing other founders and working with other companies, building technology products and games and all, you mm-hmm. know, all of these sorts of things, I don't think intentionality is a big part of any of this. And I think that's the danger yeah. is I think there's intent, there's intentional psychological manipulation, but there's not the like larger intention of like, why am I building this in the world? What is this? What is the end goal of this? What purpose is this serving other than making money for a small group of people? And that's dangerous. And, and the fact that this isn't a regulated industry and and the fact that this isn't something that we as a society are saying like here is what we'd like to create this is what we act- here are the here are the needs that technology could could fill that could have a really meaningful impact on people's lives or on the environment yeah. or whatever we're not thinking about it at a societal level or a community yeah. level we're thinking about Individual. it in these little silos of like how can i make a lot of money really fast and that to me is incredibly yeah. dangerous and we are not we are not doing that like we we would structure our company so differently if we were looking for a quick payout and i i think that Part of why I love doing this work, Sandy, is because it's a big psychological and political experiment to me. Building a company the way that we are, going against the grain, doing things for different reasons and seeing what we can actually create mm-hmm. is, is to me like most people are not willing to do that. It's also the wild, wild west. These are early days with humans and technology, right? And I think, um, yeah. you know, if you look at other addictive behaviors like alcohol, drugs, uh slot machines, uh, gambling, cigarettes, they all are regulated now because for that exact reason that it was doing harm to our society, that people were getting hurt. And I really think it's only a matter of time before we hopefully wake up and recognize what technology can do to us and that there are some regulations around this um, that if you know that there's got to be a responsibility to the game creator or to the software developer designers that this is harmful to people into families into society and that it is your responsibility to build in exits for them like if if you you know this I, I wish that Netflix would say would you like this to autoplay actually no or you know it an hour and a half max and then you can't like don't autoplay it you know like give give some control back to me and I mean I should be an adult about it and turn the damn thing off and walk away but I don't so I think that there'll be regulations at some point where people have to have the option uh for all this these things these different ways that people drag you that the the apps drag you in and and keep you there sure I will just say as as someone who as a lawyer and has studied regulation and worked in politics, I think that that kind of regulation is is going to be a, a long way out and it's going to have a really hard time ever coming into existence. It's much easier and still very hard to regulate substances that have a physical danger. And when you start getting into psychological danger, then then it's a whole other story. So I, I just want to put that out there that this is a really hard thing to regulate, but I, I do think that you're right. And I, I think as a society and as a sort of consumer-driven movement, we can start to demand that these kinds of outlets are provided in technology products so that we have a choice mm-hmm. um, with respect to like whether we want these features applied to our account or, or not. just 
we just appeal to those that are creating products out there to be aware that your product can be like that for some people and just build in some options that, you know, stop the repeating or the pulling in or the like give people an out just to to get out of that behavior. So I I, I do want to make related to that, Sandy, one other point, And I, I feel like I don't want to overwhelm people with this conversation, but I want to make one other point that we've made in a previous podcast episode. And that is the fact that the way economically we structure startups and businesses, technology mm-hmm. businesses, for the most part, we externalize the costs of those those businesses onto the users in, in the form of the psychological manipulation. So for example, Facebook is free to use, but it's not really free for you, right? Because you have to see all these ads all the time. You have to get all these notifications all the time. It's not really free for you. And so Facebook, unless they have another way of monetizing their user base, they're not going to, they're not, they're not going to change their behavior because that's how they monetize what they've built. If everybody had to pay $5 a month to use Facebook, we could have an ad-free experience. We could have a notification-free experience. It would look like a really different Mm -hmm. product, right? But people are sort of tricked into the idea of thinking that free is better and that free works. It's not free. Nothing is ever free. Free simply means that you're being sold to or the cost is coming mm-hmm. from somewhere. Yep. And so so just putting that out there too to say that that, that is the danger is that we've come to expect technology to, to be very free or cheap. And that comes at a very high cost to us as human beings. So um, when you start to use technology products that are more expensive, you'll see the way that there are these outlets built in for you so that you don't have to participate in the manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Okay, Sandy, so let's go ahead and dive into the joy and hustle. Sure. Let's do let's do hustle first and then because um, it's obvious. So we're going to mention uh, for the hustle this week is the book Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products by Near IL. If you are in this industry and building products, I think it's a must read. I think the, it's, the psychology is explained so well, uh, and I think it will make you a more, more responsible Um a more responsible app builder or game maker or whatever you're doing. And I just want to plug, I think if you are a user of apps Mm -hmm. or games or technology products, it's also a good idea to read this book because it gives you a frame of reference for how you are being manipulated constantly all day, every day by these tools. So you can have, start to have a little bit of an understanding about, you know, when these psychological triggers are showing up in your everyday behaviors. Okay. And then the joy for this week is something called the Light Phone, L-I-G-H-T. It's a new product that I think was just backed, fully backed on Kickstarter and is going to come out early in 20. 18 and it looks like a really small slim white iphone and all it is is imagine. a phone it's st- imagine it's still like a hundred dollars but it, it, it has some special way of connecting to your existing phone number so that you can have two phones with the same phone number so you can have your smartphone but then also have this light version of it that you can then have with you at times where you need to have a phone accessible but you don't want to have your smartphone and i know that there are still some low budget flip phones but word on the street is that flip phones are not going to be produced anymore so you can still buy them used and maybe you can still buy some of them new but you know that technology is on its way out so i also don't believe you can have the same phone number on two phones if you buy an existing like flip phone or something so this may be something worth considering for you i know i'm actively considering it because i just will say 
you know, Sandy, a couple times in this episode, you've said, well, I, you know, I'm an adult. I mm-hmm. should be able to walk away. And the truth is, is that we mm-hmm. can't. Like oftentimes we can't. There's an addictive behavior. I know that the only way I will stay off my device when I'm with my child is to not have it with me. Like that is the only way. And so I actually, you know, I've talked about this before. I leave my phone at home when we're going out on the weekends. I just don't have it with me because I can't stop myself. Like I can't help it. And so I have to take other behavior to, to prevent myself from looking it's at it. It's a thrill of the hunt, and, Jenny. Um, it's a thrill of the hunt. Yeah. And it's it's also like my neuroses and my fear that something's broken. Yeah, but you're still hunting. You're looking, you're looking, you're looking. Yeah, I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is something mm-hmm. broken? Do I need to be on alert right, right now? And so, um, yeah, so then that is that is something that I'm really interested in. For safety reasons, just to have when the it, phone, when, yeah. yeah. When it comes out next year, yeah, because my husband, like, cannot handle me leaving the house without the phone. Like, it is not okay with him. So I have this new idea to yeah, get one of these brilliant. phones. So take a look at it, folks, and we will see you on Wednesday for Office Hours. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Jenny. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Sample.